Welcome to another episode of Obsessed with Death. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the podcast. It is greatly appreciated. Today on the show, we have the owner and operator of Maya Bell Jewelry. Maya Bell Jewelry creates custom handmade keepsakes, charms, and jewelry, including pet keepsakes, which we talk about uh, for a good, good chunk of the podcast today. Uh, if you unfortunately are in the position to where you would like something that is made for you to remember your pet, I highly recommend you check them out. This is, of course, something I have thought about as a dog owner. Um, it's not a fun thing to think about, but it's something that unfortunately comes with, you know, having a pet. And uh, we get into, obviously, all the details. You could learn a lot more uh, by listening to the episode. Uh, if you want to check out what exactly I'm talking about right now, go to MayaBellJewelry.com or follow them on Instagram at MayaBellJewelry. All of those details, of course, on the Obsessed with Death Instagram as well. Uh, if you check the description of the episode, I'll make sure the website is linked. Um, great episode. Very, very interesting. Um, a supporter of the show. So please, you know, support the people that support the podcast. Again, uh, MayaBellJewelry.com for more details. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you about, obviously, everything death-related. But, of course, I found you through your your jewelry business, which which I think is, is very exciting. And we're going to get into all of that. But Yeah, we, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we usually start the episodes um with, with with the same question which is and this is a little silly considering it's it's the work you do but what is your relationship with death like um do you do you think about it a lot do you worry about it um obviously it's a part of of what you do in in your jewelry but um how much how, how much are we thinking about it does it does it uh does it come up every day um you know what, uh, yeah, what's that relationship I mean like well, I mean, it definitely comes up every day because it's the work that I do. Um, sure. Everyone I encounter, uh, for the most part, is um, is grieving in some loss. Either it's a loved one or a pet, um, and um, it, it's always like a tremendous loss. It's so deeply personal for each person. Um, and I've really done a lot of work, or I'm, and I'm still working on trying to hold space for each person, each customer without throwing myself into, um, I guess it's like an em empathetic mode that I thought was my way of relating to the customer. And every time I went back to, um, my own tragic experience that I had with my father dying, um, and I would go back to that every moment, you know, every story I would hear and that, um, it definitely takes a toll on the body and, and emotion. So I have now worked a lot to, um, 
to be there and hold space for my customers with their own experience and not um, not have to rely on my experience to share their their pain or their grief. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I you know, it's a little different for for me. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm having these conversations about death, but they're usually very lighthearted for the most part. And there's not a lot of, uh, you know, actual grief happening in, in the conversations. But with what you're doing, I would imagine, yeah, that's really got to be something that you've got to learn to manage just because I, you know, at least speaking for myself, I think that that could really, really uh, wear, wear on me just because you're getting these extremely personal stories and it, it has to be a lot to deal with. Yeah, it can be really heavy for sure. And um, I mean, I, I started doing the work in um, 2006, not with death, but uh, with jewelry. And yeah. then um, in 2011, it sort of, it started to evolve. And over the years from 2006 to 11, you know, there would always be like someone trying to incorporate a loved one or honor a loved one. So it would more or less just be something simple like me engraving their name on a piece of jewelry or something like that. Um, and then it wasn't until 2011, I started actually doing fingerprints and, um, and pet noses and paws and like actual prints of people who were actively dying or pets who were actively dying. Um, but I didn't experience my own loss until 2014. So, you know, leading up to that, um, I, I could appreciate and I felt good about being able to help somebody who was going through loss, but I had no idea the magnitude and the weight of it. Yeah. I was going to say, do you feel like that affected how you sort of ran your business or at least interacted with your customers? Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, for a while I, you know, I went into definitely a really dark place and I felt, I felt for a while that I couldn't do it anymore. I felt like I, I couldn't do the work anymore. I was in my own grief and um, it was really dark and I felt like I wasn't really adding um, to someone else's experience. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if you've been through like a tragic loss. I don't know why, you know, it is why you do the work that you do. Um, you know, there must be a reason I'm, I'm assuming. And sure. yeah, um, no, I've been very lucky in the sense that I really, you know, I lost some friends when I was young in high school. That's sort of just, you know, these people that you have like a, a, a a, some sort of friendship with, but I've been, I've been very lucky in the sense that, you know, I've lost grandparents, but they were, you know, much older and it, and it wasn't, yeah. you know, that much of a surprise when it happened. Um, my, the, the main reason I do this is just because it was just something I just really, for some reason, always wanted to talk about. Like, I just felt like it's this thing that we all experience that's going to happen to every single person. And it's like, why, why aren't we talking about this more? It just seemed like this subject that at least in America was like, just sort of put behind, you know, it, like it, nobody w wanted to talk about it. And, and rightfully okay. so I get that it makes people uncomfortable. Sure. 
And it makes and, me it makes me uncomfortable too, but I, for some reason I still want to talk about it. No, and I'm with you. I mean, before I had my own loss, um, I felt like that, and I felt like almost like uh, it's like the fire that you're like drawn to. Like I'm going to walk through that, you know, instead yeah. of running away from it. Um, yeah. And uh, I, you know, I always felt like that, and I've definitely changed my outlook and my view on it. And I don't know if it's because I had to, uh, because I needed to know that you know, my dad was still around me or around us and my kids. And yeah. um, because I felt like I still needed him, I felt like I was too young to lose him. Um, and uh, so, but there's definitely like an evolution that's happened with it um, without a doubt. And it's helped me now connect more with my customers and now coming out on the other side, I'm so glad I didn't stop doing what I'm doing because I realize how important it is. It's only like reinforced what I do now. Um, and it's because people have shared stories with me and they've been open and vulnerable with me and shared, you know, how having a piece that they can actually tangibly hold on to has helped them with their grief. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you talk about being in this dark sp space and wondering if you should continue doing the work that you're doing was there something specific that that sort of brought you back into it and, and made you realize you wanted to continue to do the work? Um, I can't say that there was anything specific. I think it's, um, it's sort of just one of those things where like, you know, I don't, I don't like to attribute anything to age because I really do feel in my mind that, um, you know, in my head, I'm still, I feel the same as I did when I was, you know, 20, 25 or whatever. Um, yeah. But as I'm approaching like middle age now at this point, I realize that, um, you know, we're, we're put here for a reason, whatever the reason is, maybe there's multiple reasons, but um, I started to really like doing what I'm comfortable doing. Meaning yeah. like I became uncomfortable in, in the work, but I realized like, that's, that's the stuff I need to be doing. <laughs> like yeah. I, I need to like get out of being comfortable and like, just keep doing what I'm doing because um, it's important. And people have come out and like, it, it almost seemed ironic. And um, you know, I, I definitely believe in signs and I don't look for them too much, but sometimes they're just like, they're there and yeah, you can't miss it. <laughs> no, you can't miss it. And it's like, yeah. You know, I would tell myself, okay, this is it. I'm, I, I can't do this anymore. It's, it's too much. It's too heavy. I don't even know if I'm making an impact. I don't know if I'm really helping anyone. Maybe I'm making the grieving process, you know, longer. Uh, you know, I would come up with all these excuses uh, to sort of get out of it. And, yeah. um, and then I would have somebody randomly send this beautiful email on how my work has affected their life and their grieving process. And I'm like, Okay. Message received. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, it is interesting. I love that you do make these, these jewelry pieces for, you know, other people and all, also animals. And I feel like, um, you know, when, when I do see different people sort of creating things like this, I feel like animals are left out 
more often oh, than not. Totally. Yeah. You know? Like I, I, I go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's so that this is one that that gets to me because, um, you know, I have children, I have three children. I've never known my life without children because I had them super young. Um, but people lose their pets, their dogs, cats, you know, even other animals besides cats and dogs who are super close to us. And it's like, oh, yeah, that stinks, you know, but for many people, these are their children. And yeah. You would not say, oh, too bad. See you at work on Monday. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, it needs to change somehow. I don't know if the dialogue or dynamic can change, but it's not until someone else experiences it who's lost a pet that they truly understand. And it's sort of similar with a loved one, but um, oh, it's just, it's heartbreaking and it's so unfair and they don't live long enough. And you know, all, all those things with pets. Yeah. I, f I feel like that's like the biggest downfall is just how, you know, little time you really get to spend with, with your, your animals. It's, it's, it's really a bummer. I honestly, it's like, it, it, it yeah, I, I have a dog. I think about it, you know, and it's just like, he's, he, he's, he's young ish and healthy. So we're, we're not really worried about anything, obviously, but you know, I do think about it a lot and I thought it was really interesting that you do these like nose prints. What, what, how do you, how do you explain it or could you explain it? Yeah. Um, so I'll do molds of a pet. So a nose gotcha. print or a paw print. Usually I send enough material cause I'm obsessed with like getting it, you know, getting all of it, like getting yeah. a nose and a paw, even if they just choose a nose or, or a paw. Mm -hmm. um, so I send mold material and mold kit when somebody purchases a piece and uh, with instructions and then a label to send it back to me and they'll take their dogs or cats nose and paw print and, um, and harden it and then send it back to me. Um, so I would, I would be rushing or overnighting a mold kit to a customer and um, you know, they would pass away before they could even get the mold sometimes. So what I started doing after that is um, I was able to incorporate a new method that allows me to use a nose um, or a paw just from a photograph. So they can like take a photograph with their phone and then like, oh, that's interesting. Me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same as a mold of their nose. And like, you can see the difference. Um, the paws are, are pretty spot on. Um, but it's just something that like, it's more two dimensional than three, um, yeah. obviously, but it's just something still to like, hold on to and have, and you always have that. Yeah. Is, is I mean, where, where did the idea, the idea come from? I mean, I obviously I've seen like fingerprint before, like I've seen, I've seen that, but he, he, even that is is still something relatively new that I, I haven't seen done exactly how you do it. But the 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 nose mold and and the paw, where did where did the idea for that come from? Uh, you know what? It was just being asked. People asked me. To oh, do interesting. It. I, yeah, I was like, okay. You know, did you ever hear of that um, book, Green Lights? I haven't. No. No, it's just the concept of like um, sort of whatever path, kind of like your path is almost carved out by like you know, being open-minded or like people asking for certain things. It's still within my, my wheelhouse of like yeah. jewelry and jewelry making. Um, but 
I never, and this was especially like starting my business um, from, from the bottom. And I just really wanted to help people. And I didn't really know exactly what that looked like or how that would be with jewelry. Um, Cause it seems more like frivolous when you think about just jewelry in general, um, you know, think about sparkly things and um, you know, initially that's where my mind was and I wasn't sure how it would go together, but people would ask me, to do something and, or if I could, or if I could even try. And I just always said, yes. So, um, you know, somebody asked me, Hey, do you know how to make fingerprints? And I was like, no, but I'll try, you know, and, and we live in the, you know, age, thank God we're so lucky and we have access to anything. I mean, even, you know, in, uh, in 2010 or nine or whatever it is, I mean, you know, I could still Google and and look for videos or find any sort of knowledge on, on how to take a fingerprint or what material I might need and, and order that. And, you know, I just kind of went, I went from there. I I just did my own research. That's great. Yeah. And, and obviously you, you said, this is, this is something you've been doing for a little while now, but um, where did the original background start? When did you start making jewelry? When did you realize this was something you could even do? I mean, it's definitely, I, I think a very specific, specific skill. Um, obviously you're, you're doing a, a very specific type of, of jewelry, but I would assume obviously you had to have started somewhere else. What was that whole journey like? Um, I was always artsy and, and an artist and I, I wanted to go to art school and, um, at the time, you know, I had a little girl, uh, my daughter, Maya, um, she's my oldest now she's 24. And, um, shortly after that, my daughter, Marley Bell was born and that's where my business started, um, from the two of them. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I have a little girl, Willow and, uh, she, <laughs> I, <laughs> she got left I, you know, out. I didn't have the foresight. Yeah. But, um, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Um, but when Maya was, let's see, she was born, I was in my, I think like my second year of college or my third year of college. And I felt like, okay, I, I still want to be an artist, you know, because at the time I think artists were like, Oh kid, you're going to be starving for the rest of your life, you know, starving artist. Yeah, for sure. Starving it, was, artist. it was definitely that yeah, was I, the cafeteria I, at temple was called the starving artist. You oh, know, that's funny. Yeah. Um, And, uh, but I knew I wanted to be an artist. I just didn't know. And I knew I wanted to make money, um, you know, and the two don't really go together very well. So I thought, okay, I'll be a graphic designer because that's kind of what we were taught at the time. You know, that was the job that you can make money and be an artist and, um, you know, early 2000. And, um, and I, I tried my hardest and I was terrible. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Terrible graphic designer. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't my thing. And I was like, shoot, now what? And I found glass blowing and I loved it. And then, um, in that same aspect, it was more like three-dimensional hands-on things. And, uh, then I started in metals, um, at Tyler school of art in Philadelphia and, um, and, you know, pretty much started there and just never looked back. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's so I think it's always interesting how people get into what they're doing specifically when it is, you know, death related. Obviously, these are the conversations that I'm having. And um, it's always it's always interesting to see, you know, how you end up 
where you're at. Obviously, you had this journey of trying to figure out, you know, how to be an artist and also make make some make a living at the same time. Um, but it's well, still- that's why I tell the kids to um, my own kids and even their friends too. I'm like, be open minded. Like if you would have told me in you know when I was in high school or beginning college that this is you know where I would end up being or or go I would I wouldn't have believed you and I think every adult whether they're an artist or um any field that they're in could say the same you know just uh where your path takes you is so different yeah yeah it it is pretty it is pretty wild especially I I think I think a lot of people would 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 be surprised (laughs) where where they've ended up in life it's interesting how that how that works um so I'm looking through here on on s- some different things. Obviously, we talked about the, the fingerprints and the molds. Um, are there any other specific pieces that you feel like you know people should should know about if if they're coming oh. to you for for a piece of jewelry? Um, is is there certain yeah. things that, that that you think people um, seem to to gravitate towards more than others? Um not necessarily gravitate towards, but because the work that I do is in helping people grieve. And, um, there have been many times where, you know, a customer, um, didn't have a fingerprint or, um, things like that. And, and, you know, like one example, um, was pretty cool. There was a woman recently who lost her father. She actually did have his fingerprint, um, but she didn't have anything that he wrote and she really wanted yeah. his handwriting. Um, and she's like, I don't have any place where he wrote dad. She's like, I'm looking at every card. There's nothing that says dad. Um, but I said, well, if you have his handwriting, just, you know, take a picture of what you have in front of you and send it to me. And the only thing she had was his tech, um, his uh, checkbook. Ledger. Oh, okay. Yeah. But in the ledger, there was a capital D, there was a lowercase a, and there was a lowercase D. There you go. And so I put them together and, um, and it says love dad. And she was like blown away. And they, she and her sisters were actually able to use that for their tattoo in, in their dad's handwriting. Cause they wanted love dad with his handwriting. But, you know, again, they didn't have him writing out dad initially, um, that's great. Yeah, I, I would imagine there there must be times where you have to get super creative and, and figure out how to make it work. Yeah, and there was another that um, really I think about it all the time. It was a a young woman who was getting married, and her brother had just passed away, and she really wanted, to, and she didn't have his fingerprint. Um, she only had his handwriting, and she really wanted to give something or honor her, um, her brother at her wedding and give something to her parents. And so, um, she gave me all the letters that she had with his handwriting on it. And, um, she, you know, knowing him so well, she knew like what he would want to say or what he would have said to her, her parents. And so we sat together and we put together his words, um, and a message that was from him in his own handwriting. And it, it was, a it was very, um, it took a lot of time of like piecing together his letters and making them look seamless. Um, but, but I was able to do it and that really, that felt really good. That's amazing. 
yeah, I, I never really thought about that, but I guess that is a very specific thing that that people kind of want to use as a way to remember. You know, handwriting I think could just be as um, you know, as specific as a fingerprint almost. It's just like a different, it's just like a different version of that, I guess, right? Everyone sort of has yeah. their own sort of way of 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 writing and and everyone, you know, everyone's handwriting, I guess, is a little bit different. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's unique to them. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, if you have somebody that, you know, really closely and, and, you know, the times now for us, I feel like I remember writing letters to my friends or things and I can look at like yeah. handwriting, be like, Oh, that's, that's uh, Janine's, you know, or that's Tammy's. Like I, sure. I can see my friends, um, handwriting that looks familiar to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that's really special, almost like a fingerprint in itself. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, too, it's like it's kind of almost sad a little bit that I mean, I don't I don't know. Are people still writing letters? Is that sort of going away? I feel like, you know, it's emails, it's texts, it's you know, there's not a there's not a lot. I mean. I take notes. <laughs> Some I can't remember the last time I really, like, really wrote something. How about you know, journaling? I think yeah, journaling no, yeah, I guess journaling is awesome. is is pretty much where you, you're gonna find that stuff now. That's got to be yeah, because there's not a. I can't remember the last time I wrote in a in a checkbook ledger. I was gonna know, say yeah, the 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 <laughs> being able to pull you know the the letters uh, DNA for your customer there. I mean, yeah. I've I've never had a checkbook. I mean, it's like I, I'm trying to think now of like if somebody wanted to do that for me. Where would yeah. they get it from? They'd have to like take my just terrible scribbles that I have for work notes sometimes, but that's well, just, just not going to work. Mind that that could be preserved forever in metal. So just uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. now yeah, now I need to keep in the back of my mind just in case. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe I just maybe I'll just write everybody a letter. I mean, that, that's so interesting. It's it's yeah. really unfortunate how these you know these these things are sort of going away. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I get, um, I get a lot of I get a lot of cards um, like Christmas cards or sure, OK. Cards. Yeah. Um, so that's the only that's kind of like the the handwriting that people have these days, it seems. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess I forgot about Christmas and birthday cards. That'll probably save you. But again, yeah. I mean, I guess you got to you got to hold on to those things. I'm not yeah. I'm, I, I guess some people are a little bit more sentimental than others and people keep birthday cards. I don't know if I have a birthday card, but now I'm like thinking, do I have my parents handwriting anywhere? I don't think oh, I do. I'm, yeah. I got, I got, I got to really make, I got to really make a conscious effort to sort of, to sort of hold on to something like that. I think for sure. Um, and it's not something I, mean, I really thought about. Yeah. And even on a lighter note um, and it's not, has nothing to do with death, but um, I've had my kids handwriting, um, in metal on like in certain ages, like when they were first learning how to write their names and things oh, that's, like that. Or, I love that. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to have that too. Cause it's just like really unique and just like a way to remember without holding on to, uh, you know, all the papers and, and, you know, school drawings. Sure. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that that's very much like a parent thing. My parents still have like a box of like, you know, <laughs> pictures I drew when I was nine years old. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's that. I mean, and obviously, that's very specific to you. Not everybody could just have, you know, their their children's writing in metal like that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, 
and something to think about, I guess, right, is is for everybody, people who are, who are doing this. If obviously it's unfortunate, well, I don't want I don't want people listening to things like, oh, well, I better start collecting, you know, notes and, and whatever, just in case, you know, grandma dies or whatever it is. But it's I think it's something to keep in the back of your mind on on what about that person you would want, you know, to hold on to for obviously mm. as long as you could. Yeah. Yeah. It is something to think about. And, um, you know, like, like you were saying before, it's, I don't know if it's, it's the U S or how we deal with things. And, um, but death is so dark and for many people, um, scary and heavy and, you know, something that you can't, or people don't want to talk about. I mean, um, and you know, like you said, it's, it is inevitable. We, like oh, yeah. everyone's going to die. So it's such a surprise. It's such a surprise every time, but like everyone is, that's the one thing that's going to happen to everyone. Every single person. Yeah. It's like, you know, a hundred years, all new people. That's just like how the, how the world works. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And that is something that's, that's definitely a topic that's been brought up on the podcast multiple times, which is, you know, it's just, we just treat death so differently than a lot of the other parts of the world. And, I think it's just because, yeah, people are just from the beginning, it's made to be this like super scary thing. And not to say that it isn't scary. Obviously, there's there's some fear that comes along with dying. I, I totally get that. But the idea that it sh- should be so scary that we can't even talk about it is, you know, I, I, d- well, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And and there's, um, you know, I try to make it a point now, and this is where the death of my own father has come um, to help and be a, a gift in a way. And I don't even like to say that, but just in the sense that I was able to see what happened with my family and, yeah. you know, there's certain family members or, um, you know, really great lifelong friends that you just like, they just stop talking to you, you know, and like, it's, it's things that like, you just don't understand. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I don't think it comes from a, a bad place. I think it just comes from a place of like people grieve in different ways. And, yeah. um, you know, I think it's important to, that we allow each other to, uh, to talk about it and, or just, you know, what I tell people, um, who are, or have somebody that they love who just went through a tragic loss. Um, I just say, just show up, just call them. Yeah. Don't, there's nothing that you can say that's going to make it better. So don't try. Um, and just be there and listen. And if yeah, we can do that for each other, I think, I think it'll be, um, I think grief might not be as heavy as it is right now. I completely agree. I think just being there is, is really all you could do. And, uh, that's, I think that's, that's enough. I mean, like you said, there's, you can't just, there's no magic word, nope. nothing you could say, but you know, it's like you, you just, the comfort of, of being there for somebody I think is very important. Yeah. And I think that no one likes to, um, I, I think as humans, we are problem solvers and we want to solve problems and yeah. this is something that cannot be solved. Like, and I think that's why grief is so complicated because our brains just like go in circles and we want to come up with some, some sort of like theory or understanding or something that makes sense. But many times with death, it makes absolutely no sense. And that's why we just keep going in circles around it. Yeah. We actually, uh, we did an episode 
um, with this woman, uh, Mary Frances O'Connor, and she is this renowned grief expert and neuroscientist. And she basically studies people's brains while they're going through grief. And she says, it's like your brain literally changes from, from the effects of grieving and your brain, like you're saying is always, it's like sensing a problem. This grief is a problem. How do I fix it? And it literally changes like your brain. Yeah. So I feel that I definitely feel that. And yeah. um, I think most people um, that don't understand, you know, they see it as a problem and there's nothing that they can do to, to say to the other person that will fix it. So instead of just showing up and being present, they just avoid them, you know, and yeah. that's not the answer. Definitely not. So, um, this has been really fun. Please, where, where can people go? Um, let, I, I want to make sure everyone is, um, informed on, on all the places they could find you. And if they're looking for, um, a piece of, you know, a, a specific piece of jewelry, um, how could they get in touch with you? Thank you. Yeah. So, um, it is just me. I've, I've tried over the years to have other people, you know, make pieces and it does not work. It is, uh, it is just me making them and I run the websites and, um, and, and Instagram and, and all of it. So, um, I do have a awesome web guy who's fantastic and I couldn't do it without him, but, um, I am, my company is Maya Bell Jewelry and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, um, Etsy, mayabelljewelry.com and mayabell.etsy.com. Awesome. And of course, once this episode, if you're listening to this, the episode's out and uh, I'll make sure I share everything on Instagram as well. So you could definitely uh, check out, you know, our Instagram. If, if, if you don't see it, it, it'll be up there. We'll make sure that we're sharing everything as cool. well. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was really fun. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of continue to, to follow you and, and see what you do. And, you know, um, like I did, like I mentioned, I do, I, I do have a dog, so we might at some point uh-huh. be, be working together. I, <laughs> you know, I, let me just say real quick yeah, that yeah, of course. I, because this is what I do and I'm obsessed with like, just having impressions of everybody that I love, you know, not in a morbid way, but I was so grateful that I did my, my dog's years before she even passed. Um, because then it allowed me to be with her while she was sick and not have to worry about that. And I wasn't able to even think about that until, um, until I went through that loss with her. And I thought, you know what, everyone should just get their dog's nose. If they think it's something they might want to have, just do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Right. That it makes more sense to do it while everyone's healthy, healthy and happy. And happy. Yeah. 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 What a great point. Yeah. That is, that is because you know, again, who wants to have to do anything while you're grieving like that? Or if they're feeling bad or sick. Sure. Or, yeah. 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 Thank you. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. This is really fun. And uh, yeah, go check out uh, some of the jewelry if that's something that you're looking for. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you.